it's cool to see what God's doing through I Like Birds and to see just the growth that's happening organically that it's not anything you're like really fighting for or striving for. It's just something that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's really cool to see God breathing on it. So it's really exciting. We need to have like Christian voices leading the front and we need to be looking different than the world. We need to be strong in our marriages, strong in our family, strong in our finances. As we raise up people who are close to Jesus, then we catch his heart and then we begin to burn for what he burns for, weep for what he weeps for. And then that in turn ignites our hearts and our passion to do what he's asking us to do. He's refining you. He's working on that character. He's transforming you. He's sanctifying you. And I think that's so great because yeah. I actually read Kenneth Hagin share something similar. Like, I didn't want to share a revelation until I lived it out enough to be actually a testimony. If the Lord told me who I was and all I did was spend time with him, but I never shared that with anybody, my life would be worth it. Beautiful humans, welcome back to another episode of I Like Birds. I'm your host, Zach Rippey, and I'm super excited. I got the number one Spotify rap champ of 2023 for our show <laughs> coming on our show uh, for 2024. Yeah. He is... It goes, it goes a little too long. Cheers. Love the live audience. Yeah, you know? dude. It feels Thank good. Thank you for being here hey, live. Yeah. Live. Everybody's live. <laughs> hey, if you're watching live actually right now, we're actually on all the platforms right now, which is the first time we've ever been able to do that. We're even on X, formerly known as Twitter. Isn't wow. That crazy. Wow. Elon. Yeah. I know, man. We're trying to show some love to the to, to him. He lost some some advertisers, so we're trying to, you know, yeah, yeah, send, yeah. Some, send some traffic his way. Yeah, he know? owes me a Tesla. Yeah, he owes me a Tesla too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm so excited that Alex is here. He's actually my pastor at Thread Church in Cleburne, and it's just an honor to have him here as our first guest of 2024. Uh, he's currently on a fast, so he might drink all the Fiji water that we have in the building right now. I've already drank half of it. There Not we go. possible. Not possible. Oh, we have we have cases on. We case. got cases on cases on cases. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, Taylor came through and and blessed us with that, which is awesome. Sweet. So our guests are going to be Fijied up all year. Well, well, uh, well hydrated. Yeah, well hydrated. That's yeah. good. You know, yeah. we got the Lord. You know, to give us our thirst and our daily bread. <laughs> Now we got Fiji. Fiji, know? good. Doing it right. But hey, uh, thank you so much for being here, guys. I got some cool news I want to share with you guys before we dive into a deep convo uh, about Jesus with Pastor Alex. Uh, we actually have uh, something really cool coming up this Saturday. If you guys remember Charlie Owens, he was our guest on episode 162. He invited me with him to do prison ministry. So I'm super excited about that. We're going to be out there this Saturday. Uh, so I'm asking for prayer on that. Uh, just to also let you know uh, some cool stuff that we're doing for, with the ministry out here. And then uh, we also got a really big booking in the dates, which is super cool. Mr. Dr. John Deloney from uh, the Crazy. Dave Ramsey Network. Uh, we hit it off in a DM and uh, he loves our content. We're able to just uh, collab on a show in April and we're excited about that. He actually sent over a book as well that he just wrote. Uh, he's a three-time best-selling author. He's a big advocate and a big speaker on mental health as well as just relationships and parenting and marriage. So we're super excited about that. So mark your calendars because we're going to make it a really big deal that he's coming on the show uh, just to show honor to him in it's all ways we can. It's so wild, wild dude. dude. I know. I'm so proud of you. That's huge. Thank you, Big man. deal. I'm excited. Yeah. I wanted to also get a really cool graphic to like, you know, like hype it up, you know? <laughs> I know. I don't know what this background is, but I like it. I don't know, man. I think yeah. it's like a, I think it's like diamonds and like, you yeah. know, magic mirror and stuff. Yeah. You know? It's like, almost like a, it reminds me of like Hunger Games, you know? Dude. Yeah. Like, I, th I think you're spot on with that. Yeah. 
with yeah. the jewels and like all gold. Like, yeah, yeah it looks the, pretty legit. The one. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to like market it and everything, you know, like try to really build like a really big hype around it. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, man. Sponsored He's sponsored he, ads and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. $5. <laughs> <One> <laughs> no, day. We invested dollars, <laughs> yeah, fives we, of dollars. Yeah, we yeah. really do, bro. Yeah. That's what we do around here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's cool. And he really, uh, it's cool when you're, um, and that's the, the craziest part. It's like, it's cool that he's coming on because obviously he has a big audience and, and listenership. But, but to be real, it's like, I'm going to learn a lot from him. You know, I have questions and like, <laughs> yeah. I could use some guidance, you know, his yeah. videos really speak to me. So being able to just have him on personally and like being able to go back and forth with him is like the coolest thing ever. You know, know. like the yeah. fact that this platform allows that to happen, like I'm, I'm shook about it. Yeah. I and mean, last, uh, one of your last big guests was uh, Troy Brewer, which is huge. Yeah. I got to be in the room. You like were, I was like, I'm, I was in the background. I wasn't really like in, like on the podcast. So I was in the room. Yeah, you were. It was cool, cool man. Yeah. You enjoyed cool. it. I, I enjoy being here. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. It's cool just to see, uh, it's cool to see what God's doing through I Like Birds. And to see just the growth that's happening organically, that it's not anything you're like really fighting for or striving for. It's just something that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's really cool to see God breathing on it. So hey, it's really exciting. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You kind of put a word over us about like preparing the the sails before the wind blows. You yeah. Know? And I think that uh, just getting the content right and just, you know, getting the... Just getting the, like what the Lord wants out there has been something that I feel like has been very... Um, very uplifting for me because it just shows that like we're honoring him and there's a scripture that talks about like when you honor God he honors you and he knows the desires of our heart like we want to reach more people we want to be able to just see like big big moves of God happen and the totally. fact that he's like letting that happen right now and like at the end of last year it has been so cool dude yeah it's sick so cool. So excited. And another cool thing that happened, man, um, my best friend who was actually on this show named Mikey Musto, uh, he was on an episode that we did called No Longer Baby Christians, where um, it was a really funny moment on the show. He actually lost his pinky. Um, not on the show. On the show. Not on the show. What is your <laughs> He's a firefighter, <laughs> and he uh, he lost his pinky like a few weeks before he came to visit. So like on the show, we like we like had him holding up his pinky and stuff like that, and so the audience really connected with that part because it was just a really funny moment. But audience connected it, with the lost oh, pinky. They really did. They were like, okay. "That's a gem," you know. That's yeah. that's that's a moment we called him like Little Pink. You know, we had like a little nickname <laughs> for him. You know, so it was a whole thing. Yo, Little Pink. So now he has a hat that says Little Pink. That's you know? my rapper name, dude. And I'm telling you, you can you can really market himself as that you know Good. and it's cool because once you have something like that happen he got he got like a rep at the fire department like he was the guy you know that yeah the, lost, pinky, guy. Yeah, the pinky guy yeah. lost to an axe you know to an axe yeah dude an axe he okay was i'm sure it. they i'm sure they can go listen to the story give mm -hmm. me the cliff notes how does an axe lose how do you okay lose so he's pinky? doing like a training like they're basically yeah. like like barricading uh doors uh is a training, a training? yeah a training oh, it facility. sucks it'd be so much cooler if it was like i was fighting fires i know and I lost my pinky in, I know. The, in the battle i know i feel bad yeah. I, tell, I tell him a lot of times just make up a story because like the yeah. real one's not the, as cool as it could be. You know? Okay, but he was <laughs> yeah, training. And, and then so one of the guys that he was training with was trying to like axe down the door and then ended up axing his, fing his finger instead. How is his finger in the way of the axe guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they were practicing and they weren't very good yeah. <laughs> at aiming. Dude. So, so yeah, it was, it was a very tragic day for him and I feel bad. And yeah. Um, but yeah, but. What's a pinky worth on the black market, you think? Ah oh, man, we gotta ask Troy Brewer. I'm sure he knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man, I'll text okay. him. I'll ask him later. He's the homie now. Uh, we, we 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 connect like that. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> but anyway, Mikey, my dude, Mikey is. Uh, 
He sent me this this text when I was at church on Sunday. He sent me a text that said, Bianca and I just got baptized after the service. It was so awesome. So I was so hyped because this came in after uh, the awesome uh, service that we had at Thread. Yeah. Hey, Taylor, you think you can come fix our, our phone real quick? That just <laughs> I'll get it. fell TikTok. over because I yeah. smashed <laughs> with excitement. <laughs> yeah. You, I was so you into almost it. lost your pinky with so much I excitement. did, dude. So much excitement. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, it was just so cool to be able to just see that this came through because he's been walking with the Lord for three years now and just being hungry and seeking while I've been seeking. And um, it was just super special that uh, to get this text. And this was actually on Sunday when, man, um, uh, man Barry, no, not Barry. Brady. Brady. Yeah, Brady, yeah. man. He just gave a, a powerful word, man. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. And I was just feeling like, you know, um, fed, you know, I was feeling, yeah, yeah. feeling really on fire for the Lord. And I, and then I, right after this. service, I get that, and I was like, "Man, God is moving today. Let's go!" Yeah. So I'm gonna show you guys this video of um, my friend Mikey getting baptized with his wife, and it's just super special. Let's let's check it out. Hey, y'all, come on up just a little bit. Hey, I want to introduce to you Michael and Bianca, and uh, they've come this morning. They're married, and they want to be baptized into Christ, and so we're excited uh, for that. <laughs> See the emotion? Because yeah, the yeah. confession of faith, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Ready? Death, burial, and resurrection. Death, burial, and Isn't that special? It's awesome. I loved it, man. And uh, the first thing he said, he sent me another text after, basically, uh, which I screen grabbed that as well, uh, that we were like a big influence on him as well as how he said, yes, I'm so grateful for God, dude. Uh, glory to him and our friendship because he guided you and you guided me through him. So it's just been such a blessing. It's and awesome. I love that, man. It just shows, and, and this is something so special to me because not only did he get baptized, another one of my best friends named Olivia got baptized. And it was just so cool to just see us three yeah. where we were <laughs> to yeah. where we are now yeah. is just crazy. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, just the, just the goodness of God and the power of God is just so special. So if you guys connected with that and you guys really, you know, see that we're doing big things for the kingdom of God, you can actually sow a seed into our ministry at ilikebirdsministry.com slash support. And uh, we're going to just keep sharing these awesome stories with you guys of what this ministry is doing. And um, Mikey actually shared with me something about you, Alex. He said, I love the episode you do with Alex. That's when the episode started getting really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I don't know what that means. Uh, it, I think it just means like a higher level of like, you know, let's, let's get deeper almost, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, because you shared a lot of gems on our last episode where we talked about just like how Jesus is everywhere in the Bible and just like what the what the power of worship really should represent. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like you're you're like leaning into that even bigger and better now that you have your kind of feet in the ground with thread. Would you say so? Yeah. I mean, you know, everything's a journey. You know, we're all learning, all growing. And I think when we get to uh we start stepping into what God's called for us to called us to do, you know, then it just he just starts revealing more and more what the heart he always had in his heart to do. You know, so I mean when we uh, started Thread, I just had a little inkling of what I felt like God wanted to do in the city. And then the longer we're in the city, the more I feel like I'm getting a better understanding of what God has and what his desire is. So, mm -hmm. I mean, the desire isn't for me to grow so that I can become more knowledgeable or exciting or whatever. The goal for growth is that I can get closer to the Lord so yeah. that I can better hear his voice 
so that I can just do what he wants me to do. You know, I say this all the time, but Thread isn't my church, it's his church. I say that uh, it's not our building, it's his building. It's not our people, it's his people. It's not our encounter, it's his encounter. The entire thing is all for him. Um, we Our vision statement is Thread exists for the Lord and to bring people into daily encounters with him. So like the whole point is Thread exists for the Lord, period. Like, yeah. close it. You can, you can yeah. wrap it up there. Yeah. And one thing that's really cool is I went to the first service ever at Thread and it was all mm-hmm. about consecration. Yeah, yeah. So all of what you're talking about right now represents your first ever sermon that you had there. Yeah, Of yeah, consecrating yeah. it back to the Lord and just making sure that everybody knows it's his to begin with. Yeah, yeah. The whole goal of starting something for him is that when you leave, you don't think, man, that was a great preacher. Man, that was a great worship. Like, it's like, I encountered Jesus. Uh, yeah, I tell you, yeah. You know, felt, like, felt the, the spirit. Exactly. That's the yeah. goal. The goal is always that I would know him, that I would come closer to him, and that we would bring people on our journey of getting closer to the Lord, that they would also get closer to the Lord as well. Mm-hmm. And then as we raise up people who are close to Jesus, then we catch his heart, and then we begin to burn for what he burns for, weep for what he weeps for. And then that in turn ignites our hearts and our passion to do what he's asking us to do. And mm-hmm. so then when he calls us to do something, it's like, I'm not, it's not a hard thing because I've already caught his heart on it. Yeah. So like when he says, Hey, I want you to feed the city. It's not difficult. Cause it's like, Oh, I've been weeping over the city for weeks because I've been catching your heart for it. And so wow. it's not a, it's not a difficult thing. It's like when the Lord, like, I know you've got a mission, a vision and like a heart for, uh, for like mission work and mm-hmm. stuff and like going overseas and stuff. And like you wrote your book, uh, shameless plug, uh, 21 <laughs> days in Africa. And okay. so, uh, you know, but for you, uh, mission work and missional work is a big deal. But that's not because like, oh, like I've always desired and have this big, great big heart for travel. It's like, no, I, the Lord started breaking my heart for people. Mm-hmm. And then he opened up a door for me to do ministry for the people that he's already broken my heart for. You yeah, know? exactly. And so it's cool. Yeah. So when we get close to Jesus, he breaks our heart. Yes. And like, that's what Pastor Troy was saying on his episode was, was that man. the whole goal is just for us to be broken. Yeah. Like and- the goal, which is so crazy, but the goal of ministry is that Jesus would break us over and over and over and over and yes. over and, and over our over compassion again. for for what he what his heart burned for would 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 pour out onto others. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's a it's a continual removal of self. Yes. So that we can better burn for what he desires for us to burn for. Yeah. And so like in ministry, it's dying over and over <laughs> and over and over again. And then when little pieces of us start rising to the surface, we're like, the Lord will be like, oh, that needs to die too. And you're like, this too. Yeah, that too. It's like, what is something that you've had to kill off in the last six months? In the last six months, what am I killing off? Um, my desire to be right. Uh, my desire to, uh, my pride has been dying a lot recently. Um, Praise God. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was off social media for from July through December of last year. So I took six months. I wasn't on social media at all. Didn't post, didn't look at it, didn't do anything. Um, like I even got convicted over being on Facebook marketplace, you know, I mean, like, like, I'm like, this is not even social media. This is like, I'm trying to buy stuff to furnish my house, you know? Um, but I felt the conviction of the Lord on it. So I just stopped doing it. And so, uh, yeah, so I was off social media for six months. Um, and really what the Lord was doing was just refining, like, why do you post? Why do you care? Mm. Like, why do you want, why do you want followers? What does it matter to you if you're not going to disciple them? Wow. Like what, like, what do you actually care about? And I think that's the biggest thing is like I, when it came down to it, I posted because I was insecure and I wanted people to tell me that they liked me. I um, posted content that I felt like would go like I put excellence into it because I wanted to go further because I wanted to because I thought if I had a bigger reach, then I was more valuable. 
Like all this wow. stuff is pride. Yeah. Right. And so I'm just slowly dying. And it's so funny too, because I got back on social media on January one. I was like, we're back. You know, <laughs> here's what I learned last year from not being on social media. And the funniest <laughs> thing happened, dude, my follower count started tanking, Really, like tanking. The, People were as soon unfollowing. As you posted, they were yeah, like, they're like, we don't want to see this guy. I anymore. know. Yeah. And I, and I was like, uh, I feel like if this, if this happened six months ago, I'd be like, what the heck? Like, I, I guess I did something wrong. I guess I need to redo what I was posting or I need to post more so I can get those followers. Like, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Like at they're all. Not your tri- they're not your tribe. If they, if, yeah. like they weren't there to begin with. Like, yeah, I had a one, I had one video that went viral when I talked about abortion and that was probably two years ago. Um, I mean, it got, it got like on, on TikTok. It got, uh, it's funny is, not on my page on TikTok, but people who screen recorded it and then posted mm. it on their page. It blew up even more. Got yeah. like 100,000, million views on a couple of these things before it got taken down because of... Uh, uh, what you're talking about? Yeah, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it got taken down by like every account, which was like five or six accounts, which was so funny. So like, it was, like I loved it because I'm like, man, we're making... We're doing something right. Devil, yeah. yeah. Making waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, got all these followers from that video, which was cool. Um, I think I grew from one video like... 1500 followers something like that mm-hmm. which was crazy which was really cool but then um you know when you're not posting every day about abortion then oh, yeah. they're just like this isn't the content i thought like what? i thought he was the abortion guy <laughs> yeah I, I know it's like uh no i'm i'm, I'm a the jesus pastor guy, guy. Yeah. yeah like i preach like that's that's what i post and then mm-hmm. i post like thoughts that i have and i write it out on notes you know yeah i love and, i love those yeah i i, I like them gems. because it's like it's the it, it looks clean, but it's like no effort, you know. And I feel like that's the big thing is the Lord is kind of reminding me of is that like content, like good content is good content regardless of mm. like the quality behind it. And you can make it look super cool and super pretty, but if like all you're saying is like something that's not quotable, it's like nobody cares. Yeah. And so like just and the cool thing too is when you like content isn't something I'm like searching for. But like when I spend time with the Lord, he just drops gems of revelation into my life. And then mm-hmm. I just share that. And then it's like, hey, here's what I've been learning from the Lord in the secret place. And then I just share it with people. And it's like, for me, it's a big deal because it's like every time the Lord speaks, it's a big deal because he doesn't have to speak ever. So when he does, it's like super valuable. But then um, when I just share it with people and it's like, Oh yeah, this is resonating and like this is cool. Like yeah. that was my whole like first two seasons. Yeah, <laughs> of I like birds. It was just that you know. It's just what the Lord. But that gave was me. that was when it wasn't good though. Oh, that's what your friend said. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he meant the guest episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what he was saying. No. But. Yeah, but no, that's it though. Is like, um, it's when if you want to be effective in ministry, it's not difficult. It's really not. All you got to do is spend time with Jesus, hear what he says, or see what he shows you, and then just tell people what you heard or what you saw, and then pray to the Lord that it hits them like it hit you. Mm, So that's all I do with the Sunday encounters, you know, when I'm preaching or when I'm teaching or, you know, even stuff like this. Like I'm telling you about like, hey, this is what the Lord did for me and like how I I was off social media and this is what it meant and this is how it revealed this parts of my life. And I'm just sharing something and, uh, and, Hopefully it's going to resonate with people, but it's not me in this like, oh yeah, I'm really trying to figure out what's the best way to like minister to people. It's like no, yeah. I'm just spending time with Jesus, and it's just it's it an overflow. Yeah, yeah, overflow. yeah. And so uh, the problem is, is that people a lot of the times like I'm I'm sharing something with you that took six months to marinate. 
Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, and so the hard thing is, is that people, every time they hear from the Lord, they think that I have to share this with someone else, or they think the only time that God speaks is, to, is for you to share it with somebody else instead of first letting that thing rub you first yeah. and like correct you. And then it's like, oh, actually the main goal here isn't for me to be a minister. It's actually for me to be a disciple. And so like the main goal of the Lord speaking to me isn't so that I can have something to say. It's so that I can be closer to Jesus. Right. He's refining you. He's working on that character. He's transforming you. He's sanctifying you. And I think that's so great because yeah. I actually read Kenneth Hagin share something similar. Like I didn't want to share a revelation until I lived out, lived it out enough to be actually a testimony. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is you're, you're, it's, uh, you're sharing an idea before you're sharing a part of who you are. Mm. And so if you're just sharing revelation that you haven't lived, like it can be something that the Lord shared with you and like really spoke with you and it's been great. But until it's like really resonated and shared and like, like really seeped into the being and the fabric of who you are, then it comes off as inauthentic. Right. Because then you're just sharing something that's like, Oh yeah, like like you should be really forgiving because this is what the Bible says and this really jumped out at me. But if you haven't let that be like, well yeah, but you still have unforgiveness towards your dad. Yeah. It's like and we all know it and you're still bitter and you haven't let that thing like really flesh out, then yeah, you can tell us all the time, like all day long what the Lord showed you. But like if you haven't lived it out and like really had that refine you, then all you're doing is just trying to share information without it really becoming the revelation of like, man, this is like really affected who I am, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's, that's not to say you can't share what God's doing. I think it's just like having good people skills and, yeah. and a good relationship with the Lord where it's like, I'm not in this. That's the, that's the, that's the dangerous part is people put ministers on a platform and like put them on like a pedestal. And so they're like, Oh, if I could just get where they're at and if I could just have their audience, if I could just have their church, if I could just have that pulpit, whatever. Then I would be all this stuff. And so it's just like the stair step, like trying to, what's the next step to get me to the next greatest area and next speaking engagement or next ability. And it's like, well, first of all, you just need to spend time with the Lord and you need to actually need to have content to share before mm -hmm. you ever get a platform. Because what I've found is that the Lord won't give you something unless he's actually equipped you to be able to handle what he's stepping, having you step into. That's good. And so like, I, um, people are like, well, Alex, Alex is start like Alex is starting this church and he's doing all this stuff, whatever. It's like, yeah, sure. It's cool. But, uh, the reason why the Lord trusts me is because I was nobody for a really long time that nobody cared about, <laughs> you know? And like the only reason why, uh, like we're able to have the stuff that we have and like, like the reach that we have, which isn't even a, a, a drop in the bucket for what I believe God's doing and about to do. Uh, but the only reason I feel like the Lord's trusting us with more is because I'm content not being anybody. Like, yeah. I don't care if we ever grow. Like, I'm not, like, our church posts maybe one time a week on social media. Right. Like, we're we're actively trying not to grow. <laughs> mm. So you're almost ministering, like, you're focused on ministering to the ones in front of you. Yeah. And letting that be enough. And, like, letting, yeah. and trusting God that that's who he gave you and that's who he trusts you with. So it's like, that's who they're, that's who's about. Because you are shepherding, you are leading. So yeah. it's like when you are sharing these words with people, you want to have that authentic, I'm living this out yeah. in a way to lead to where people can can also take the action, not just to talk. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, because like the the hard thing is, is when we start, like we, we will start like, like I said, putting people on pedestals and like like really making ministry like this aspiring thing to get to. And so then it's like the baby Christians are like, oh, well, that means that everything that the Lord speaks to me, I need to share with somebody. It's like, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Like, 
like probably don't make a TikTok video today. Like actually probably just stay with the Lord for another hour. Yeah. And journal you know? it and then like yeah. pray into it. Yeah. yeah. And then just like be okay being hidden. Yeah. Like hiddenness is so oh like undervalued in culture today. Mm, because of social media and stuff? I think it's just because of insecurity, but I think it, social media is a big factor in that, you know? It magnifies it. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I mean the biggest the biggest problem with society today is nobody knows who they are. Wow. Like, like we have, I mean, like we can go into every area of society and the biggest root issue, like, I mean, we can go obviously into like the LGBT community and like, like the biggest root issue there is identity. Like they don't know who they are. And so they're just trying to find some, like, like we can't even define what a woman is right now because we don't know what, like who that is, what that is. And it's like, it's like, we're like, that's craziness. And so, but then we go the other direction, like, but like the workaholic also finds this whole identity in his job or in his, in his bank account. It's like, you still don't know who you are, you know? So it's not just like certain areas of society that have an identity issue. It's society as a whole that has an identity issue, which is why we're going to like, like we're in an election year and we're going to see people like gravitate towards different political parties so they can find a, like, so they can say, well, at the end of the day, at least I know I'm a Democrat or at the end of the day, at least I know I'm a Republican or an independent. And it's like, that's just part of you trying to find your identity. And then it becomes identity politics, which is just, then it's just tribal wars. And so it's just, it's just, uh, uh, chaotic and, and, and unfruitful at that point. And it happens every four years. So then people fall into that cycle and yeah. then they set back into this. It's almost like for three years, they are starting to find their own identity. And then when po- when politics seasons rolls yeah, around, yeah. they kind of jump into this boat and it's like a, a vicious cycle. Yeah. 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 And it's like, actually let's let Christ ident- identify us and define us and like, tell us who we really are and then be okay. If he never, if like, here's the reality, if the Lord told me who I was and all I did was spend time with him, but I never shared that with anybody, my life would be worth it. Wow. If my life was just simply in hiding for the Lord and just simply spending time with him, it'd be so worth it. Now, the responsibility of revelation is calling and anointing, but it's a responsibility. It's not a gift. Mm -hmm. The gift is the Lord. He's the gift. So the gift of spending time with the Lord is the Lord, not ministry. The gift isn't souls. The gift isn't uh, making a difference in the kingdom. The gift, the gift isn't rescuing all these people. The gift isn't all these things. The gift is Jesus. Amen. He's the gift, and he gets to define what the responsibility he gives you is, and then you get to, get to answer the call. But you're answering the call to responsibility and wait. You're not answering the call to a gift. Hmm, that makes sense. And so, like, pastoring a church isn't the gift. Jesus is the gift. My responsibility now is the is I get to pastor a church, based on the calling, based on the calling, the anointing, and based off of the level of trust I built with the Jesus, with Jesus. Right. So, like we say at Thread, we say uh, our big prayer we pray is trust us with your glory. Yeah. Because I desire for Him to trust me. Like my whole desire with Jesus is that I would build trust with Him, so that He can pour out more of His glory, more of His anointing on my life, and that I would be trusted to handle it. How do you respond when you know that you've broken his trust in certain ways? Well, it's just repentance, you know, and it's repentance and it's asking him to trust me again. Yeah. And so it's not, it's, it's not overly complicated. It's not like this, like, oh, and it's not this fear-based thing either where I'm like, oh God, I just have to make sure that I'm, oh, I got to reach Jesus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, but I mean, I pray that prayer every day. 
every single day, you know, like once a day, every day. I pray, Jesus, trust me with your glory. Teach me how I can better host your presence in my life. Have you experienced that? Like what does that um, not practically look like, but what does that, the outpouring of that look like? Outpouring of that looks like um, him trusting me with more people in my life, trusting me with more of an, more of his anointing, trusting me with manifestations that happen at our, at our encounters. Mm. Um, I'm literally asking him to make Cleburne into a resting place for this glory. And so I'm, I'm saying, Lord, tr- trust me enough that you can give me a city. Wow. That's bold. It is bold. Super bold, dude. I love it. Yeah. Um, but I believe that's what God's asked us to do. When Brady was talking about the spirit of poverty that exists in Cleburne, how do you see the Lord restoring that and renewing that? Poverty, a lot of the time, is bad, bad cycles. And so it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that's caught, you know? And so, like, if you've never seen functional family, uh, you won't, the odds of you having functional family are low. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we see that uh, kids who are raised without a father at the home um, are like more likely not to graduate high school, more li- more likely not to uh, more like more likely to not have a uh, uh, a child in within wedlock. Not more, they're more likely to have divorce. They're more likely to be incarcerated. Like like the this this is just statistics. Yeah. This isn't even Bible. This is just common knowledge. And so, uh, if you so if we if we have bad dysfunctional family systems without having an injection of health into it, then unhealth will almost always breed unhealth. I mean, you obviously have miracle stories where people, um, oh, I was raised with no parents or I was raised um, super poor or homeless, whatever. Yeah, and then the one of 1%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but the injection of health is the gospel. Yeah, it's amen. the Lord, you know? Yeah. Or, or the injection of health is I'm so sick and tired of being so sick and tired that I'm just going to, pull myself up my, by my bootstraps and just figure this out. Or the injection of health is I read this book or the injection of health is I started doing Dave Ramsey or the injection of health is I did this or this, this, you know? And so like, um, I, injection of health could be, uh, so I just decided I'm going to go to college, you know, change the system for my family. Um, where, so I, where does the church play a role in that in your eyes for your vision? Well, for me, I think the church plays a major role in that. I think the bad thing is the church just hasn't played a role. And so, for instance, uh, hospitals, the, the hospitals in America, almost all of them were started by the church. Really? The healthcare no system. So, like, uh, St. Jude, church. Makes sense, yeah. That you know, uh, uh, Harris Methodist, oh, okay. the church. Nice. So, like, the main stuff in Hughley is a church. That's started by a church. Wow. Okay. And, and, so, and people say the church never does anything around here. Like as far as like. Well, it's just a know? bad. It's bad. Bad PR. Yeah. Well, it's not even bad PR. It's just ignorance. Yeah. And of and a refusal to do any research. Right. Um. And so the hospitals, most hospitals in America were started by the church. Harvard, Yale, um, uh, most major universities were started by the church. They were started wow. as ministry schools for. Um, pastors. Praise God, man. We need to get back to that. So that's what I'm saying is the problem isn't that uh, the church hasn't been involved. The problem is that the church has lost its voice and lost its backbone and has been willing to bend over backwards for the world and do anything and everything to save face. So then we've removed ourselves from anything that seems countercultural. And so now we've lost all hope for the society looking like Jesus. That's real. And so what we need is godly men and women who are afraid of nothing but the Lord. We say it like this at Thread, we only fear the Lord, and that makes us dangerous to the world. Amen. I'm not afraid of you. You can cancel me a thousand times. It's already happened. Do it again. I don't care. 
Let's go. I lost 60 followers last week. I'll lose 60 more this week. I don't care. Like, you cannot take something from me that I will willingly give you. That's right. And so the only thing, um, like, like, so for me, I'm like, okay, so we need to have the church step up for homelessness. We need the church to step up for feeding the poor. We need to see the church rise up for financial, um, for, for raising up uh, financial education. Uh, we need to see the church rise up for teaching and, and, and helping strengthen marriages. Like, we, like every sphere of society, I want the church in Cleburne. And I mean, so like, I'm really narrow focused right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about Texas. I'm worried about Cleburne, Texas. I'm not worried about Johnson County. I'm worried about Cleburne, Texas. Yeah. Like, I just, I like, have the rest of the world. That's fine. My, my desire is to make Cleburne into a Jerusalem for the Lord. And so that's all I'm focused on. And so for for us, we're going to raise up godly politicians. We're going to flip every single election in Cleburne. Every single one of them will be a godly man, man and woman of God. Like every last seat in the county will be held by a godly man or woman of God. I look forward to seeing it. And so uh, the way we do that is by raising up godly politicians. The way we do that is by educating voters. The way we do that, so like there's a thousand different ways we do this, but the, but the big thing for us is like it's just saying nothing scares me more than seeing a city go to hell. Mm. Nothing scares me more than that. And so whatever it takes to do something, we'll do it. And no apologies. Like I'm tired of seeing pastors with no backbone apologize for everything they say. It's like you don't want to can't like like you don't want to come here. You don't want to go to my church. Go to a thousand other ones that are in Cleburne. That's yeah. fine by me. So you think when it comes to um, like fa- like families and health and like my my one of my pastors in uh, Oklahoma, Lucas, says this that like that Christians need to have like the the excellence factor on every aspect of society and every mountain, every one of the seven yeah. pillars and mountains we need to have like Christian voices leading the front, and we need to be looking different than the world. We need to be strong in our marriages, strong in our family, strong in our finances. Is that something that you feel like? With, with due time and with that injection of health and the injection yeah. of Jesus and the gospel, that, that'll be able to happen at an accelerated rate? Well, yeah. If you're spending time with Jesus every single day, it's really hard to look like the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard to be unhealthy when you start bringing everything of your life to Jesus and laying it at his feet every morning. Like when you say, Lord, how do you want me to run my budget? The Lord's not going to tell you to go take out three more car loans. Right. Right? For sure. And so the Lord's not going to try and the Lord's not going to tell you to buy that Gucci bag because it makes you look more X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah. And if you own one, that's not saying, and he might tell you to treat yourself, which is fine. But if you're like living on minimum wage, he's not going to tell you to buy the Gucci, you know, for sure. That's bad stewardship. And so, because what the Lord is going to do is he's going to cult, he's going to teach you and cultivate you into the culture of heaven so that you look more like Jesus. And so, yeah. So, I mean, the, what's the what's the plan? What's the goal? How do we do all this? The goal, the plan, the the method is we get people to go into daily encounters with God. And then we raise up godly men and women who can help walk and disciple and father and mother people into looking more like Jesus. And so like the whole method is really simple. It's discipleship. It is. It's not complicated. We've made everything so stinking complicated. How do you disciple like a church body? Is that something where it looks more so like you institute coaches and leaders into a higher position at the church to be able to kind of have small groups or men's yeah. ministry, women's ministry? Like what does discipleship look like 
for thread going forward? <clears throat> for thread, discipleship looks a, a couple of different ways. So like when you become a member, you join a team. Um, and uh, and really membership is just saying, I want to grow here. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm putting roots here for the time that God has me here and I'm, I'm desiring to grow. And so then we put you on a team and then we do a, we have like what's called a one to six ratio rule where we don't have one person over more than six people. And so then that those, and then those people get one-on-ones. This is something we're growing into, but the goal is that they have one-on-ones that happen once every two months where you just check in with them and just say, Hey, let's go get coffee. Let's kind of hop on the phone call. We have a list of questions that we ask. Hey, how would you rate your spiritual health on a scale of one to 10? How would you rate your physical health, your mental health? Uh, what goals are you setting for yourself in this next quarter? How can I help you accomplish those goals? Um, what's the Lord been speaking to you in your daily encounters, all this kind of stuff. And so, um, and so really the, 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 the goal is that we have it small enough that, you know, people are able to really get seen and felt, and, and really have people in their corner that are able to invest into them. And so, you know, this is something that's not probably normal or I, I'd say the one to six ratio is pretty extreme, you know, yeah. and it, it's, it requires a high level of empowerment and sure. a high level of like, oh, we're looking for leaders all the time, you yeah. know. Um, but the way that that works out is it's just saying we refuse to let people slip through the cracks because if you said if you if you've committed enough to here to say I'm going to become a member here then okay cool then we're gonna have you serve a team and then that team's gonna have someone that can meet with you pretty regularly you have their phone number you want them to go to your kids baseball games and football games go for it show up at birthday parties let's have let's hang out you know um and then but then that person at that tier also has people that they report to and that person has people that they report to and that person has people they report to and so it's uh it's kind of like um you know, a multi-level marketing kind of structure, but the the goal is just simply that people would be seen, you know, yeah. and be connected and, and have people that they can be sewed into and they can sew into others. And, you know, yeah. everybody needs a Paul, a Barnabas and a Timothy, right? Exactly. You know? And so like, I think the hard thing is the church has been, again, we, we, we elevate pastors and ministers to such a degree that we're like, well, if I don't have the pastor's Pastor, personal yeah. phone number, then I'm not being seen. It's like, well, that's yeah. just not true. Um, and that's prideful yeah. on your behalf because, you know, why do you need my number? You know, like, why do you need to meet with me? But right. you can't meet with someone that I've empowered and said, this is someone that I trust to meet with you. You know, yeah. Like, why, why can't you meet with them? Why can't you trust yeah. me that I, I would put you in good hands? Yeah. 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 Now, that's really good. And you're, you're, you're a really big advocate for helping people grow. So for everybody that's listening right now, we got some live listeners. Hello, Carol. Hello, uh, Mikey. Mikey is actually the one we talked about. Uh, that just commented on the YouTube. He says he's at work, excited to listen when he's off. We're excited for you to listen as well. Uh, and then we have Aaron Ash listening from Cleburne as well. If you guys have any questions for Alex of how to spiritually grow, go ahead and drop those in the comments. And for everybody listening, I did want to mention, man, I actually, um, I've been looking for something that's been uh, to help me in a way of, um, you know, I have a, I have two small kids at home. I'm doing freelance writing. I'm doing podcast editing all the time. I've been looking for something to really just boost my energy that isn't coffee. I've been going way too hard at the coffee shops. Uh, so luckily, we have some friends over at Magic Mind who's been so helpful. They sent us over some really good shots of um, this this really great product that has um, it's all natural. There's no toxins in there. It helps with so many different aspects of boosting energy, decreasing stress, supports immunity, increases focus, and elevates mood and supports brain cog- cognition. And that's something. That 
that I really like was looking for. And it's so cool how the Lord just boom, we get an email and we're over here just so excited about it because um, it's it, I went from being able to having to feel reliant on coffee and, and all that to being able to just, you know, have one of these in the morning. And it gives me everything that I need to be able to uh, be stress free, get a good workout in and make these writing sessions awesome. So for my listeners, if you guys want to try it, they actually just partnered with Sprouts. So you can go get Magic Mind at Sprouts to try. And if you're a huge fan of it, like I am, uh, you get 56% off for the month of January by going to magicmind.com slash Jan Birds. Yes, we have our own little link, which is awesome on there. And not only that, you don't you, do, you get the first month free when you do the three-month subscription, but you also get 20% off additional by using the promo code BIRDS20. So you only have 10 days to do it from the time you hear this. So please go get that if that's for you and you would like that experience as well. I'll leave the link in the description for you in the episode notes. So thank you so much for that. And uh, very exciting stuff, man. Um, speaking of like being covered and being, um, you know, having the energy and having the um, the boost that 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 uh, <laughs> that life entails that, that, yeah, yeah. that God wants you to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. That's what we have. Yeah. Uh, that's what we that's what we need. Uh, but man, I, I wanted to talk to you today specifically though. Like I was like, Lord, man, what's the topic that we want to talk about today? And spiritual covering came yeah. up and, um, cool. something that, um, I've been very curious about because Catherine suggested that, cause she was going to a lot of the thread meetings and, uh, you talk a lot about spiritual coverings and whatnot. And she was suggesting that, like, have you ever asked anybody to be your spiritual covering? And I was like, what? No. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, I have the Lord. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. So um, I kind of wanted to talk to you about that because I'm I'm kind of uncertain as to what it is. Why cool. do we need it? Why does the Lord want us to have it? And what are the benefits of having a spiritual covering? Okay, so what did it, what is it? Why? I, I asked you for, yeah. yeah, just, yeah. Let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about covering, Okay, dude. so covering we find in Scripture in a few different places. Um and when I say covering, what I mean is sending, okay? And so it's one thing to be called, it's another thing to be sent, okay? And so in Scripture, we see that uh, Jesus meets Paul on the road to Damascus, or Saul at the time, blinding white light, says, why are you persecuting me, right? Okay? And then uh, it says that he goes, and then he uh, meets, uh, I have the Scripture pulled up, I'm just going to read it. Because you told me you wanted to talk about this. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's and actually bring the Bible into this. Yeah, he, he meets Ananias. Yeah, Ananias. Yeah. And so this is in, um, let's see, this is in Acts 9. Um, and so uh, Acts 9, 15, Lord said to Ananias, go, this man, is, this man Saul is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. He's called, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, then it says... Uh, uh, then he placed his hands on Saul and he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you're coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he sent me. So the, the Lord tells Ananias his call, but he doesn't say that to Paul. He says, The reason the Lord sent me was to heal your eyes and to fill you with the Holy Spirit, not to send you. Okay, and then it says uh, that he got up, was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Nothing else is mentioned about Saul from Acts 9 until Acts 13, okay? So Acts 9, the, so Acts 10, 11, 12, silence on Saul, okay? Acts 13, we find that it starts off that the church of Antioch, there's prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, uh, Lucius, Menian, uh, and Saul, 
while they were there uh, worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. So the Lord says, hey, set apart these two guys. And then it says, he says, for the work that I have called them to. And then after they fasted and prayed, the leaders, watch the leaders of this area, placed their hands on them and sent them off. Hmm. And so the um, so we find that the space in the story between calling and sending is about four chapters, okay? And so it's not just like this immediate, I'm called, so then I'm going to step into the calling, okay? It's I'm called, and so now I need to have godly men and women in my life affirm the call that's on my life and then send me to go do it. And so uh, we find this in um, Jesus. Jesus was uh, um, called by the Lord um, at birth, but then we don't see him sent until after he was uh, baptized. Um, we see that uh, um, Joseph was called by a dream, right? Um, it tells all of his brothers. Uh, and the gifting, the anoint. so the Bible says the gift of God comes without repentance, meaning that like you're gifted for communication. So you could go and, and you know this because this is what you did, but you could go and do communication for the world and does that God doesn't remove that gift from you, right? But obviously, you've been called to be a communicator, and so you, that's why you have a podcast, right? And so, because of the calling that God's placed on your life, but that call, that gift set, doesn't come without repentance. Meaning that you could do it, you could use that gift to do whatever you want because it's the gift from the Lord. But what's, what what happens with sending is that we see that Joseph, he's called by the Lord to be that um, he'd be a leader. And that he would have his brothers and his parents come and bow down before him in worship. These are the two dreams that he has. Um, so then it says that he's thrown into a pit, sold to Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house, he's placed in second command where all of those people that are around him are servants of him because of the gift. Then it says that he is then placed into the prison. Mm-hmm. And then in the prison, he's second in command, right? But that's not the sending, that's not God's fullness on his life. Instead, he is called by Pharaoh to interpret a dream. And then Pharaoh, a man in authority, a man that's over him, places his hand on him and says, you're going to be now second in command over all of Egypt. And then the fullness of his calling comes into play where his brothers come when he, when he provides food for the people in the famine. And then his brothers come and bow down before him and worship him. Mm, Okay. And so we see that the the space between calling and sending is a gap, but it doesn't mean that the gift set doesn't still operate. The Bible says in Acts um, about Acts nine with, with Saul is that he goes and he preaches the gospel, it says that he starts sharing the gospel with people. Yeah. But we don't see him be the apostle. Don't see him be the man that writes half the New Testament until after he's sent. Right. And so the idea of sending, the idea of covering, the idea of s- submission. What it does is it multiplies the gift set that's on your life to operate a different level than what you previously operate on. And so I think about it like this, that when I'm choosing to be submitted to another man or another ministry, what I'm doing is I'm giving them permission to correct me and to do whatever they, I, I'm, I'm at their leisure. Like it, uh, I'll tell you a story. So Pastor Landon um, over at Mercy Culture is my spiritual covering. He's my pastor. Um, so I'm a pastor of a church, but I also have a pastor that's my pastor. Uh, at our In our environment, we call him our apostolic elder, um, which means he's my apostle, he's my pastor, however you want to look at it. But he's my covering. 
So uh, the right reason I got him to be my covering was I was at an event that he invited me to that I like they did the they do like pastors like pastors impartation things where they just invite a bunch of pastors in and they teach them on stuff. And so uh I remember he uh texted me one day, he said, Hey, are you coming this weekend to the pastor's impartation? I said, uh yeah, I'll I'll come. I'll, I'll sign up today. He said, Registration's closed. <laughs> I was like, Oh, cool. Uh can I come? <laughs> and he's like, I'll I'll sneak you in. And so uh he snuck me in and um um, and then, uh, at the impartation, he said, he told me, he said, uh, he's, he's teaching this whole thing about church government. He's like, he's like, yeah, you need to submit yourself to a pastor or whatever. And then in the meeting, I just felt the Lord say, Alex, would you lay the, would you, lay, would you lay your church on the altar? Mm. And I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know what that means, you know? And, um, and so I was like, Lord, what do you mean? And I, and I felt what the Lord said, you need to ask pastor Landon to cover you and be your spiritual covering. And when he said that, uh, it all clicked because I was like, oh, shoot, Pastor Landon, like if I ask him to cover my church, he'll probably tell me to close it because that's kind of what he's done in the past. Really? Yeah, because he doesn't want to partner with something that's not healthy. Interesting. And so he'll have you close it and then he'll have you come. This, this is what he's done a couple of times. This isn't like his like only mode operation. His only tool. <laughs> yeah, it's not his only yeah, it's not only tool in the tool belt. But <laughs> what he's done in the past is he's had guys like say, okay, cool, we want to launch you in strength and we want to partner with you in strength. We want to fully cover you. Would you close your church and come partner with us for two years in SLS, which is their spiritual leadership school? And so one of my friends, Ray, one of our elders at our church, he's doing that. Like he closed his church that he had in Tri-Cities, Washington, closed it down, moved to Texas, became an intern with a bunch of 18-year-olds and fully submitted to the process. And so I was like fully prepared going. So I called him with Pastor Lance and I'm going to this meeting fully prepared that he's going to tell me to close my church, which we had just opened, by the way. Uh, this was like in June. So we'd only, we're only like four months old. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, great, I'm going to close the church, you know, give the building away and whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so... um I just made an Instagram video. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but what I was doing um, by go, having this meeting is I was saying, I don't care if you tell me to close it. I like, I just want to be, I just want you to bless me, you know. Um, mm. And so, uh, and, and the reason was because I knew what God is asking us to do. Like, like I said, I, like I, I'm, I'm hoping to flip every seat in the, in the, like in every political seat. Like, I want to make a huge impact in the hunger problem and. In Cleveland, I want to. I want there to be no poverty in the city. Like I want to impact the entire city, um, and I want the. I want every church in the city to be on fire for the Lord. Like I'm not just out here, just like cool. I want to have. I want to house a little church that has like 500 people in it. Like, like no, 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 no. Like I don't care how big the church is. I want to not even be known for the church's encounters. I want the church to be known for what we do in the city. I want to be a force to be reckoned with. I want to terrorize every demon in hell in the city the next 30 years of my life. That's what I want to do. And so in order to do that, I need the spiritual authority to be able to do that. And Mm. so Pastor Landon has the spiritual authority to do that. And so what I'm doing is I'm saying, I want to submit to you so that your spiritual authority falls onto my shoulders so that I can do what you do. Because he's doing a huge work. They they feed millions of people every every year uh, through their food bank. They flipped, I want to say, like 25 seats in uh, Johnson or um, political seats this year in Texas. Uh, it's crazy. And so wow. what they're doing is what I want to do. And so I, and so the Lord said, would you lay your building on the altar? 
go submit to Pastor Landon. And so I was like, sure, let's do it. Um, called a meeting with him, and I'm like, hey, would you cover us? Would you be an apostolic elder for our church? He tells me, you know, you need to join our network. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. Do it tomorrow. You know, well, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you need to do that. And he had like this whole list of requirements. And then he got to the end of it, and I was like, yes, 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 yes. Got to the end of the list, and I was like, do you want me to close my church? And he's like, no. And I got real serious with him. I said, I said Pastor Landon, do you want me to close my church? Because I will. And he's like, no, I don't want you to close your church. God's given you a gift. I want you to, I want you to steward it. But I was so willing to. If he asked me to, I would have. Because the um, Bible says that unless a seed goes into the ground and first dies, it will bear no fruit. And so I'm okay if thread goes into the ground and dies because I know fruit's coming on the other end of it. I'm okay if my ministry dies. Not because of like moral failure or something stupid, but like I'm okay if my ministry dies because I lay it down because I'm willing for it to be seed because I want to bear fruit. At the end of the day, my, my life is just I want to bear fruit for the Lord. And so... Um, so, so for spiritual covering, what I'm saying is I'm asking for you to be the front of the boat that cuts through the water so that I can ride your wake. Mm. Like, can I just simply ride your coattails and like, just simply like, like you're making a huge impact. Can I just simply learn from you and be submitted to you so that whatever's on your life will fall into my life? It's the idea of being a Timothy to a Paul. So Paul's writing to Timothy and says, uh, I've, uh, the anointing that's on your life, I've seen it in your grandmother uh, Lois, on your mother Eunice, and I'm convinced it lives in you. So, so fan into flame the gift of God that was placed on you by the laying on of many hands. But he's writing Timothy a letter because Timothy submitted to Paul. Paul, he says, he says, I'm writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. So Timothy is learning from Paul. Timothy's a huge, like he's a huge work. He does a huge work uh, in the New Testament church. And the reason he's effective is because he's submitted to another man. And I think the, the misconception is, well, I'm submitted to God, so I don't need to be submitted to anybody else. And I just say, well, I guess, you know, like if you want to, like the, the big question isn't like, isn't saying, well, how much, like the, the question isn't, well, do you want to be submitted or not? The question is, do you want to be effective or not? And what I've found is that every major ministry and in, in, that we see that's got like huge impact has a covering of, above it. That's like the reason why they're effective. And so like, um, so like the church government that we set up is set up in such a way that we're covered. Like, so that I'm not just, so it's not just like me leading the charge and just like, no one can tell me what to do. We have a board of elders that are set up that I bring ideas to that then I'm submit, I'm submitted to them and then if we don't come into unity on it because we operate on unity or nothing then um if we don't if we don't come into unity on it then i pass that decision up to our apostolic elders and i submit to whatever they say and so if i so if we if we say say we're like hey we want to buy 20 acres in grandview you know I feel like the lord's told us to do it the elders can't come into unity on it meaning we can't all decide this is what the lord has said and you know, we're wrestling with it and we just can't come into unity on it then um, what we would do is we'd pass that up to Pastor Land, and if Pastor Land said no, then we would, then his decision is final. But if he says yes, then his decision is final. And so, really, the idea of covering is just saying that um, this isn't going to be about me. It's like I'm I'm okay being submitted to somebody else. I think that's the scary the scariest thing with submission and with covering is like you're you're inviting someone else to kill what you've what you've birthed. Yeah. 
you know? And so like, um, uh, one of our leaders at our church, um, she came up to me a couple weeks ago and she, um, was after one of our meetings and she, uh, came up to me and she uh, had this huge stack of, uh, picture frames and she came in over and gave it all to me. And I was like, I was like, what the heck is this? And she's like, these are all my degrees. This is my schooling. She said, I'm laying my career at your feet. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Cover me. Wow. That's heavy. That is heavy. As a leader, now I'm being trusted with the responsibility of someone else's career in my hands. Like, this isn't something I'm asking for. Like, I, I've never asked anybody to lay something down. I've never asked anybody to do anything um, unless the Lord has specifically said, hey, you need to ask them to do this. And, uh, but my desire isn't like this power struggle, power hungry guy. But when I'm a leader that's submitted, it breeds submission. Like whatever I do, um, whatever I do in limited, uh, in limited, um, output, our leader, our followers will do an excess, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if I do a little bit of something, people behind me will do it in excess, and so I'm not asking anybody to like close anything. I'm not asking anybody to like, like cover my, cover my ministry. Cause I want to do this. It's just like, but the goal is just like, I just want to be effective. I just want to, I just want God's hand to be on my life. And I see something on your life. Would you bless me? And that's really it. And so the cool thing too, is like when I, uh, when I submit to someone else, the responsibility of failure doesn't fall on my shoulders anymore. It falls on them. So like, uh, so like, say you wanted to go on a mission trip and you said, I won't go unless you send me. Right. Um, and I wouldn't say most mission trips, like if you, if you feel called to go on a mission trip, I'm not saying you can't go unless someone sends you. What I'm saying is just for the example, if you said, Hey, I want to go on a mission trip, would you send me? Um, and then I say, no, I don't feel like it's the right time. I don't feel like you need to go. You, if you feel like you've heard God, but then I told you, no, you don't miss God by not going. I miss God for not hearing him. So God kind of honors the spiritual covering? Yeah, so God covered so God honors it because the Bible says that you're in we are on all in subject to spiritual to governing authorities and we should make it to where it's their their blessing to uh or their joy to uh to 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 lead us. And so um and so yeah, so the Lord honors you submitting to authority because your heart is to submit. Your heart is to follow. Your heart is to be a good follower. Your heart is to say, Hey, I desire you to bless me. Would you bless me? And so if you say, so say you said, Alex, I feel like I want to start a church. Um, I feel like God told me I want to start it next year, you know? Um, but I won't go unless you send me. And then I tell, and I tell you, Hey, well, I feel like God said four years from now. And then, but say I missed God, and then you submit to the process of four years, God will make up the lost time, number one. Number two, uh, God will honor your submission. Number three, if you miss God for those four years, I'm held responsible, not you. You can't fail. And mm. so that's the whole thing is like I think people get all all scared. And I think a lot of the times it's because of um, spiritual abuse, you know? Yeah. Like spiritual abuse is a real thing. And a lot of people take this idea and like really spiral it out of control where it's this wild, wild thing where it's like, oh, you, you thought you could buy those pants and you didn't ask my permission. You're in, you're in rebellion. And it's like, 
that's not true. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Or it's more on like spiritual matters and more. It's like, like, I mean, it's as much as you want to be involved, you know, like, and that's the problem is like, if a leader comes in dogmatic about it, then that's a power control. That's a power grab. Yeah. And that's out of alignment too. So I'm coming in humbly as a leader and I'm saying, Hey, this is what God's done for me. Whatever you want me to cover you on, I will. And so, um, and what does covering actually look like? Is it prayer? Is it resources? Is it, is it's it everything. nourishment? Yeah. Is it pouring into, is it leadership yeah. over them? Yeah. And I mean like, so like for me, I will give more in, of my time. I'll give more of my space to guys that will, that, that like honor my covering. So like, it's just the whole idea. The whole idea is like, why would I spend, why would, why would I want to invest my time with someone that I, I know if I tell you to do X, Y, and Z, you're not going to do it. Or if I say, hey, here's what God's been showing me, and then it's it's the idea of casting pearls before swine. Like, literally, why would I want, like, like it's not, you, those people aren't a joy to lead because they don't, they, they're unteachable. And so the idea is, like, I'm coming in low, and I'm saying, hey, here's what I'm offering, and here's what's on the table for you. Take what you want. But if you don't want to eat, that's on you, you know? And and that doesn't mean that God can't still use ministries. God can't still be, the people can't still be effective. We see Paul was effective. He was preaching the gospel. I'm sure people are getting saved, but we don't see him on the same caliber until he fully submits to the men and then submits to God's calling and sending. And then when God sends him through another man sending him, then finally we see Paul start going on missionary journeys. And then we see the whole thing explode where he becomes a father of the church. Hmm. And so... Really, the the big idea, and I mean, really, with Joseph too. You see, Joseph is a man who uh, is consistent, consistently lied about, consistently done wrong, consistently abused, but decides to keep his heart pure and keep himself humble, so that when he gets to the stage where he's finally being sent to do what God's asked him to do, he's ready for it. And I think that's the hard thing is like a lot of guys. And again, this comes back to insecurity. This comes back to. Uh, like father wounds, this comes back to um, like spiritual abuse and stuff where it's like, well, then you're, they, if, if they really saw who I was, they would never send me, you know, or if they if they really knew the real me, then they wouldn't partner with me. Or if they don't send me right now, it's because they don't really value me. And it's like, that's all just insecurity, you know? And I think really the big heart of sending is God's just trying to kill you. Yeah. You know, like the idea of, like I said, the goal for Thread is to die, 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 die again. The goal for me is to die, 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 die again. Like my goal as a minister, my goal as a spiritual leader, as a spiritual father, my goal as a son and a spiritual son is to die. And I think the fastest way that God does that is by you having to say, I'm submitting this to you, whatever you want me to do with it, I will do. Because that's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Like, because that that's giving power to man, to man, and allowing them and trusting the voice of God in their life, um, to really speak into you in a whole different level. And so, so it's like, different than mentorship. It's at a way it's higher a level. whole high, yeah. higher level. And so, um, like everything in my life is submitted to Pastor Landon. Everything. So that also means that my level of confession to Pastor Landon is at a whole other level. So like if I look at something I'm not supposed to look at, if um if me and Brenna like we had a uh, an instance where we had a we, we did a we had a financial mistake 
that was some weird, some weird stuff had happened. Um, and I can't really go into all the details, but some weird stuff had happened. I had to confess the whole thing to Pastor Landon. And I had to say, I don't know what to do here. Can you cover me? Like, like bail you out or like, well, I didn't ask him to bail me out, but I said, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, how God, do I fix God this? Mean this? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, a, it was painful. It was hard. And I didn't really know. What to, and I really didn't know what to do, but I just submitted to whatever he asked me to do. Hmm. And so like bringing the problem to the one that can get a solution yeah. because of their authority and their. Yeah. And if, and if he doesn't, if he said, hmm. cause like, but I mean, this has been my whole relationship with Pastor Landon. So I first met Pastor Landon when I was, um, this would be six, seven years ago. Okay. So I would have been about 25, um, 24. Um, and uh, I met him at a conference, but I didn't know who he was. So I was at this conference with my buddy and uh, it was a youth conference. And I felt like I had a word for my friend. And so I went and shared a word for my friend and he was on the front row because it was at his church that he was hosting. So I shared this word with him and uh, it was during worship. And then all of a sudden this guy comes up to me and he says, Hey, do you want to grow? And I was like, uh, sure. You know, I mean, that's a really hard question to answer. You know, like, do you want to grow? Cause like yeah. what they're telling you is I know something you don't know. Mm-hmm. And we about to pick this apart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, sure, yeah, I'll grow. Um, and uh, and so then he uh, he starts correcting my prophetic word for my friend. <laughs> he said, hey, what you said was correct, but what the tone you said it was wrong. When you speak for the Lord, you can't just say what he says. You have to say how he said it. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, also, your timing is wrong. When you said it was in the middle of worship, do you see how right now it actually be a much better time to say it? Because it was like a much quieter time. They'd actually said, hey, if you have a prophetic word for someone, go give it. Mm. <laughs> And he said, uh, he said, you should have waited on the word. Um, and then he said, can I pray for you? I'm like, yeah, sure. He pulls out a Talid, which is a Jewish prayer shawl, drapes it over my head and starts praying for me. I have no idea what's happening. And I'm just like, uh, okay. Like, like I'm telling the story now, but like keep in context. I have no idea who this dude is. I think he's a cocky, arrogant guy from their church who's just power hungry, you know? And so I'm just like, Sweet. So he prays for me. And then uh, at the end of it, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. That was, thank you. You know, and I walk back to my seat and I tell um, Brenna, who I was dating at the time, and I was like, you won't believe what just happened. This is the weirdest thing. Uh, Dude just prayed for me. I have no idea who this guy is. Who does he think he is? He can just pray for me and and do all this stuff and correct me and all this stuff. Does he know who I am? You know, whatever, you know. (laughs) And, uh, uh, I go home that night and on the um, I get, hop on Instagram and the conference says, so excited for tomorrow morning with Pastor Landon shot. And I was like, that's the weird dude that prayed for me. Like oh, wow. had the prayer shawl and the whole thing. Like, what does this mean? He's so, just walking around with it? Yeah. With his shofar, he brought both to the conference just to have. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. Perfect timing, Taylor. Yeah. And so... Uh, uh, so anyway, so I was just like, this is so weird, man. Like, um, and so I just reached out to him. I said, Hey, thanks for praying for me. Uh, love to get coffee sometime. And then it was like three months later, he posts, Hey, we're moving to Mer- uh, Fort Worth. We're planting a church called mercy culture. Um, and so then I'm like, Hey, you're coming to my city. I'd love to get coffee when you come into town. Um, so we get coffee, then fast forward another like six months. And then my parents go through a divorce who were my pastors at the time. 
I get voted in to take over the church as, as lead pastor um, for an interim season while my dad is literally, my parents are both like going through turmoil as they're going through a divorce. Um, wow. My first phone call is Pastor Landon. Jeez, dude. And so I call Pastor Landon. I said, hey, this is what's going on. Um, I don't know what to do. Would you help me? And he tells me, he says, Alex, do you want me to be your friend or do you want me to be your pastor? And I said, what's the difference? He said, a friend is going to tell you that everything's going to be okay. A pastor is going to tell you the truth. Wow. And I said, I need a pastor. And he said, okay, cool. He starts literally going through and giving me all these spiritual warnings about what I'm about to step into. And then he says, you need to hear from the Lord if you're supposed to do this. I'll be praying too. Get back to me tomorrow. Call him back the next day. I said, hey, I heard from the Lord. I'm supposed to do this. He said, great. He said, because my natural response would be to tell you don't touch this with a 20-foot pole. Uh, but let's go. Um, fast forward another six months. I uh, um, wake up one morning. I'm pastoring my dad's church. And uh, actually, this was only like three months later. I'm pastoring my dad's church, and I felt the Lord say, you're supposed to leave your dad's church. Tell Brenna, hey, I feel like we're supposed to leave. We're, we're the lead pastors of this thing, patching it up while my dad and my mom are going through hell, right? And I'm like, I don't know why, but I feel like we're supposed to leave. And Brenna says, I feel the same thing. Oh. So then I call Pastor Landon again. Hey, I don't know what God's doing, but I feel like I need to leave my dad's church. And he tells me, okay, go on a three-day fast, hear from the Lord. I've got connections in Seattle, Florida. I can get you on a gateway. He's like, I, I got connections all over the U.S. Wherever the Lord tells you to, um, to move to or if he tells you to move or not, I can get you a job somewhere. I'm like, great. So then... Jeez. Um, I need pastors like that in my life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's covering. And so uh, and so then I hear from, um, the day before we go on our fast, which was that night, I get woken up by the Lord about 2 or 3 in the morning, have an open vision, and I see Jesus. Um, and uh, at the end of the vision, I asked, I told the Lord, I said, Where, I'm, I, I said, I'm going on a fast tomorrow. You're here right now. Uh, am I supposed to stay or am I supposed to leave? And he said, Seattle, and the whole thing ends. Okay, hold on. You said you saw Jesus in a vision? What did he look like? Uh, so I saw him in my living room, and he was glowing white, like bright white. He looked like a light bulb. Um, he was so bright I couldn't see his face. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a wild encounter. Um, oh. And, uh, anyways, three days later, Brenna has an encounter with the Lord in her car, starts calling out cities and says, Lord, where are we supposed to move to? Um, we're supposed to move to Florida. She feels like a tight constriction in her, in her chest. We're supposed to stay in Fort Worth, tight constriction in her chest. We're supposed to move to New York, tight constriction in her chest. We're supposed to move to Seattle. Peace comes into the car. She tells me all this, and I'm like, and I tell her, and she's like, I think we're supposed to move to Seattle. I don't say anything to Brenna for three days, by the way, about this. Um, so she tells me I'm supposed to move to Seattle. I tell her the same story I just told you. I said, I think we're supposed to move to Seattle. Call Pastor Landon. He says, Hey, I've been talking to my buddy Russell about you guys. Uh, and I told him that if you guys pick Seattle, that you should that he should hire you. Whoa, that's so cool! So King fast, of threads. So dude. then we get moved to so we move up to Seattle. We join Pursuit. Pursuit goes into revival. Um, our church multiplies five x in eighteen months. We go from three hundred to fifteen hundred, and then all the way up to twenty five hundred um, in two years, uh, and then the Lord calls us and speaks to us and tells us we need to plant thread. Um, when we hear that we're supposed to plant thread, I tell Pastor Lane, I thought we're supposed to plant a, a church in Cleburne. He tells me, great. 
Um, and he tells me, uh, you need to be sent by somebody. Ask the Lord who you're supposed to be sent by. The Lord tells me you're supposed to be sent by Pastor Russell in pursuit. So then I talk to Pastor Russell and tell him, hey, I want you to send me whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And he's like, yeah, I want you to be sent. And so he speeds up our timeline from getting sent in July to getting sent in February, five months. This is in November. So we go from having like an eight-month runway to having a three-month runway. Um, we're in a remodel trying to finish up our house so we could sell it. Sorry, I just burped a little bit. Um, and so we uh, go through this whole thing, and uh, then I moved to, moved to Cleburne, and then while we're planting our church, Pastor Landon starts reaching out more and more, and then he invites me to a thing, and then he tells me, and then the Lord speaks to me and says, hey, Pastor Landon needs to be your covering, and then I submit the whole thing to Pastor Landon, and then now I get invited into an internship at Mercy Culture. We're being planted by them in, on Easter Sunday, um, but my entire life is submitted to Pastor Landon. Wow. So that's what spiritual covering looks like. That's what spiritual covering looks like. It looks like dying over and over and over again. Wow. And being okay and trusting someone enough to say, hey, if you send me, I'll go. But if you don't send me, I won't. That's powerful. It's super powerful. And the the reason it's powerful is because it's 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 hum it's humility. It's it's a it's a brokenness. You're literally allowing the Lord to break you again and again. And to where I, I think this is the big thing with ministry is the Lord isn't looking for you, he's looking for himself in you. Mm. So good, because he's doing it for his glory. Yeah, and so he's just over and over again trying to get you out of the way. Do you feel like every ministry needs a yes spiritual covering? Yes. So would I like birds need a spiritual covering? Yes. How do you suggest? You suggest just bringing that to the Lord and asking? Ask who the, the Lord who to, who to submit it to, and then lay it at their feet and tell them, if you want me to stop it, I'll stop it. Wow, that's bold. It is bold. That's so bold. <laughs> it is bold, and you're just going to them and you're saying, "Hey, uh, I want to be covered. What does covering look like? How will you, can you send me?" Interesting. Everything I've got, I give over to you. Hmm. I love that. It's beautiful because it's literally it's the idea of selling property and laying it at the apostles' feet. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, and I, I never even like really, I never heard that until I had a conversation with somebody that's under your spiritual covering now this past mm -hmm. Sunday. Yeah, and their thing was fun too because uh, so this is a, a ministry in Alvarado. Yeah. And I was in prayer and I felt the Lord say, uh, I was literally in prayer and I was praying for them. And I felt the Lord say, tell them to close their, their ministry um, and be covered by you, invite them into covering, but tell them to close it. <laughs> it's like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. That's, that's part of me that was confused about the whole thing, you know, yeah. to be real. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't want to do like, <laughs> that's the thing is like, so we got to get really crystal clear on this because yeah. it's not about dogmatic leaders going and forcing themselves on other people. Okay. Right. That's not the goal. The goal is to have humble leaders who have options and pre and present a covering like it's like the idea of like it's raining everywhere I'm offering you an umbrella if you want to step under it that's between you and God but if you don't want to there's no hard feelings yeah. I'm just offering something to you so it's an offering it's not a uh, it's not a requirement and so I'm saying with covering I'm saying hey I see something on your life I'm seeing something on your ministry I believe God is asking you to have it die so it will bear more fruit because I see something even greater in the future than what you probably see even right now. And so 
really with covering, what we're saying is um, we're allowing it to die. And so, so, um, so yeah, so I felt the Lord say, ask them to close it. So it wasn't, again, it wasn't me saying, I saw this ministry. They weren't there. Go to my church and they weren't covered by me. So I just took it upon myself and, and to it, go close and, it. And just for clarification, it yeah. wasn't like close, close what you're doing here so you can come be here and do like what, what we have going on, and well, what, what we're focused on. So it was kind of both. It was kind of a, it was, so what I felt was the Lord say, uh, they need to learn the rhythm of slow. I heard the Lord say that they need to uh, be pastored so they can sprint. Mm. And so for me, what that meant was um, you guys need to close your ministry for this season and let's see if we can do it under the covering of thread, meaning is there a way that this can operate and happen through the local church? Because what they were doing was a ministry training school. Like they're doing ministry trainings. And like helping, having, creating spaces for people to encounter the Lord. It's like, I absolutely think we can do this underneath the covering and the banner of thread. And so let's just do that. And then you got our resources behind you. Yeah. And like our people behind you. And then you've got trusted voices ahead of you. So that now you're, when you're getting people in, if it's a safer environment. And so, yeah, so it was just this. Uh, so the Lord spoke to me all that. And so then I brought it to them and they said, We were waiting for you to say this. Wow, the Lord already spoke to us. He already told us you would tell us this. That's so, so good. Let's let's go. And so then they uh, met with. So then I literally went to their um, one of their their last uh, meetings that they had, and I told and I gave a teaching on covering and uh, invited their people to be covered by our church and said, "Hey, if you like, this is what they're doing. They're being covered so they can be sent, so they can do f- more for the gospel." what God's placed on their heart. Does that spiritual covering also prevent, like I was uh, from the conversation I had with Mike, he was sharing that like it prevents the, um, the enemy from getting his grip and he has to go through multiple lines of defense of that spiritual covering. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, so what you're doing is you're basically saying like, I'm still, I'm going up to bat for you, you know? And so like, um, so like when stuff, so like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm committing to like step, like be a defense for you, you know? Um, it's like the idea of like being a spiritual father, you know, like, like a natural father, if their kid's getting beat up on, they're going to step in between the bully and their kid. They're going to say, no, if you want to beat up on them, you got to be up on me. Yeah. You know? And like, that's the whole idea is saying like, actually an offense to you is an offense to me. If it hurts you, it hurts me. That's good. I like that analogy. And so like, so my responsibility then shifts where I'm not just out here doing my own thing. Now I'm saying, no, I've actually got other people who have submitted stuff to me that now I have to go to bat for them in a different way. And the Lord's gonna the Lord's pulling something different out of me in this season where I'm saying, actually, I wanna I wanna help the next generation go further than I can. Um, and so like I got people that are submitted to us that are uh have never done ministry in their life. Like the the person I was telling you about, they like yeah. all their their, their credentials at my feet. And they said, I want you to bless my, like everything I do. They said, I won't, I won't speak unless you tell me to, I won't uh, like meaning like do like public ministry. They said, I won't do, um, I won't, uh, I won't post my testimony anywhere until you tell me to. Um, if you want me to quit my job, I'll do it. If you want me to work for the church, I'll do it. Like, like they're saying, whatever you want, I'll give it because their end, end goal is I want you to be, I want what's on your life to be on my life. Hmm. Which is crazy. That is crazy, and 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 so That's special. It is super special, and it and it creates this new different level of bond where yeah. like I'm like it's like I'm I'm creating covenant with you, right? You know, like it's like an army. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's like saying it's like saying to the, like because that's the whole idea, like to use the army analogy like that's the whole point of like boot camp is you're dying. Yeah, like, they literally true. teach you to submit at all costs. That's so true, right? God's army, man. And so like so what we want mm. is we want a bun- we want to be our own general, but then have the authority of having a full army. And it's like you don't get both. Right. And you can't do it alone. And that's the thing I, yeah. I've realized through. I was kind of talking to you about this at breakfast. It was like, you can't be a one, one man ministry or one man band. You need like a team. You need, you need, you yeah. need, you need others to help you like further the mission and, and the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, the Lord, when the Lord speaks to you and gives you a vision, the vision always requires people. Yeah. hundred percent. Or it's to reach other people that then as you reach them, You'll raise them up so they can partner with what you're doing, and then you can partner what they're doing, and then that co- that's that uh, that, that collaboration, yeah, yeah. That syncretism comes in, and then it's like, it's like multiplies. Yo, yeah, yeah, it's, it's super cool. Exactly, yeah. And so, like, the best way I can train someone is by having them run with me, so that they can learn what to do what I do, so that then I can send them to do it somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so like. So like the goal isn't like, hey, come serve thread so you can serve thread. The goal is come serve thread so I can teach you, so yeah. I can walk with you, so I can grow you, so that whatever God calls you to do, then we'll, we'll I'll partner with and I'll, I'll send you. And so like, um, like some people at our church I know are being called, like literally being like are called by God to be an evangelist. I know that, like meaning they will go and speak at other places that are not our home church, but the Lord wants them to be an evangelist. So then. Uh, we did a preaching camp mm-hmm. and and I invited a bunch of people that I knew this is what I feel like God has placed on your life. I want to partner with that. And so I'm going to teach you how to teach and preach like I preach so that you can find your voice so that when the time comes, you can be sent out and go do it. Um, but uh, but but like the, the, the goal isn't like, again, the goal isn't like a heavy handed craziness. The goal is like saying, hey, I just want to be involved so that I can partner and cover and give warnings as I need to and as I feel from the Spirit, so that you can go into um, go into every opportunity the Lord opens up with your eyes open wide. Yeah. Like that's the whole goal. That's good. And so I just want people to be successful. And that's the difference, is good spiritual fathers want their sons and daughters to outlive them and to run further than them. Bad spiritual fathers only want them to serve the spirit, the spiritual father's house. That's it. And so what's the goal here? The goal for me is not that Thread would be the biggest, greatest, best thing ever. The goal for me is that I would raise up disciples in my church that would run and reach the nation. Hmm. That's the goal. Amen. And I'm going to go all in on reaching one city so that I can raise up spiritual sons and daughters that God speaks to them and raises and breaks their heart for a different city. So then I can say, I see that in you. I saw it in your grandmother, Lois. I saw it in your mother, Eunice. I'm convinced it lives in you. Fan into flame that gift of God that was placed on you by the laying on of many hands, and I will partner with you. Ooh, that's good. Like, that's the goal. That is the goal. That's the goal of fathering, that I would raise up spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers that can go and be sent to other cities to do what we're doing in Cleburne and other places. So this is what spiritual covering looks like. That's what it looks like, yeah. My man. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. 
All right, man, we're going to wrap this up. This is a, uh, this is amazing. Carol, thank you so much for tuning in and share, uh, sharing what your experiences were watching the show. Uh, we're just so thankful that Pastor Alex Birkins of Thread Church could be here today to show his support for the ministry as well as just bless us with some words and some knowledge. Hey. Uh, I knew it was going to be spiritual covering. That was the only topic I got. And we, we were there <laughs> for like 30 minutes, bro. So that was yeah. great. So thank you to Jesus for putting that on me and just wanted to get that cl- that clarity to, to that because um, I haven't heard it taught that way. And I think it's a really good aspect of a teaching that needs to be heard heard because a lot of people that listen to this show i think have a heart for ministry and a heart for reaching people and to to know that spiritual covering has that importance of it and has that weight and just the value that it that it provides is a beautiful thing and i love that you know we kind of opened the show talking about consecration Mm -hmm. and we kind of ended it with talking about consecration in 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 when it comes to the spiritual covering and who that is for you so yeah it's a beautiful thing so thank you so much for being here man it was a pleasure uh always always love talking to you man uh off camera on camera it's the best so (laughs) Uh, thank you, Alex Birkins. And for everybody watching, man, um, if you guys are in Cleburne, come check out Thread, man. We'll be there on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Uh, worship's fire, preaching's fire. Um, and then also fellowship has gotten a lot of fire, too. You do the, mm-hmm. the 90 second, hey, meet a new friend. That's been, yeah. that, that really helped <laughs> us connect there. So yeah. a lot of good things are happening there. Uh, the big launch is for in uh, Easter weekend. Uh, do you have that date? When is Easter? March 31st. March 31st. All right. So there'll be a big launch for that. So if you guys can come out and check it out and be supportive, that'd be amazing. Uh, and then also if you guys would like to partner with this ministry, I like birds ministry, you're here. We're doing some amazing things for the kingdom of God. You can go to I like slash support. It'll be on the homepage at the top right corner. You can sow a seed, or if you'd like to partner with us on Patreon, you can do a monthly partnership there uh, at I Like Birds, uh, excuse me, at patreon.com slash I Like Birds. Um, every, every partnership is so valued and appreciated because it really just helps us uh, reach some more souls for the kingdom of God. So thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next one. And uh, I like the Bible, and I like words, so I like birds. See you soon. <laughs>